Well, hey, hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 76 and session 18 of Ask Scott. And this is where I actually answer your questions live or here on the show, that is. It is live today as I'm recording this, but I answer your questions and I like to think of it like us sitting down, having a conversation in a room or a coffee shop. And I'm just answering some questions. I love doing it. And actually, I want to point something out. I recently did that. I actually had a chance to sit down with one of our TAS listeners at a coffee shop at Panera Bread. And uh, we sat down and had a great conversation. And uh, it was awesome. Now, you might be asking, how did that happen? Well, let me tell you. Uh, I'll give you the story. It's a pretty cool story, actually. Uh, I decided to, and you guys may or may not know this, but I went ahead and I thought about putting together a t-shirt for The Amazing Seller, you know, the podcast and our Facebook community and all that stuff, and just people that are listeners of the show, a way to support the show, but support yourself also, because when you see the shirt, you're going to be reminded that you need to take action because you're going to get results doing that, and just some, you know, a couple of cool things that really are around the show if you're if you're a fan of the show. So anyway, I wanted to do that. I wanted to do it also to raise some money because any profits that come from the shirt are going to be donated to a charity. So that was another reason. But I ended up doing this, putting it out there that I was going to actually create a t-shirt. And then someone reached out to me and said, hey, I can design a t-shirt. That's what I do. And I also, I also make t-shirts. So if you want, maybe I can help you out. And I would love to do it for you. And I'm like, okay, cool. So we started kind of going back and forth with ideas and this, that, and the other thing. And uh, finds out that he only lives about 30 minutes from me. And I had no idea of this. So I said, or he said, you know, maybe uh, I'll send you a, a shirt of the different shirts that we can, that we can make here, or the different sizes and the different styles. And I'm like, you know what? where do you live? And he's like, when and that's where I found out. And he's like, you know, I live in Albany or whatever. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm only about 30 minutes from there. Why don't we meet at Panera and we can kind of meet and hang out and talk. And he had a couple questions he wanted to ask anyway through, uh, you know, through email and stuff. So I said, let's just meet and we'll have a coffee and we'll do that. So it was really, really cool because, uh, and actually, I should probably give you his name, huh? His name is Linwood Bingham. And, uh, again, a shirt designer. So if any of you need a t-shirt, you probably want to reach out to him. Really, really good. Um, he whipped up this design and went back and forth with these different ideas that I had. He made my vision um, a reality. My little rendition of what I was kind of going for in the beginning was really rough, and I got some criticism on it from people saying like they they uh, liked the concept, but they didn't like the design. And it wasn't about the design in the beginning. It was just about the concept. So just to kind of... Uh, I guess, uh, mention that in there. I wasn't trying to go after the art award. Um, but he is a graphic designer and he really made it look awesome. But we sat down, we had a really great conversation and it was just really cool to be able to do that. And that's what I mean. Like these shows, I feel like I'm able to connect more on a one-on-one because it's a voicemail. It's you submitting your question. So that's what we're going to be doing on this show. That's what I do on all of the shows that I have labeled the Ask Scott show. And yes, of course, Pat Flynn has a show called Ask Pat. So Obviously, I got the idea of Ask Scott from Ask Pat. So, Pat Flynn, if you're listening, hey, thank you so much, and uh, I appreciate that. Big, big fan, big fan. And let me just say that if this is your first show, or maybe you haven't heard one of these sessions before, if you wanted to ask your own question and possibly have it featured on the show, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. And from there, you'll see a little button there that you can leave a voicemail, and I'll leave your first name, your question, and then I'll go ahead and try to answer it on an upcoming Ask Scott show, all right? So that would be awesome. So uh, with all that being said, guys, let's go ahead and listen to the first question, and I'll go ahead and I'll give you my answer. Let's go ahead and dig in. 
Hey Scott, this is Marlon Clark from Florida. Over the past year, I built a couple Amazon affiliate websites using Google Analytics and Longtail Pro to find keywords with low competition. Um, I'm ranking in the first page of Google, which is awesome. However, during my research, I found some products that um, I'm, I'm ranking well in Google for my affiliate website. So people find me in Google, go through my website, and I'll get 7%, 7% um, when they purchase that on Amazon. Now that I've stumbled upon your podcast and private labeling, um, I thought, well, why don't I just make my own product uh, and earn much more than 7%. So I did some research on Amazon, and what do you know, it's also very low competition on Amazon. Right now, I actually have my first product um, about to ship to Amazon. Um, My initial order should be in stock very soon. So that's very exciting. I'm looking forward to getting started with FBA. So my question is, have you ever used Google Analytics or an application like Longtail Pro to do your product research? Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it and any other tips that you might have for product research. Uh, Thank you so much for your podcast. Your content is amazing. I listen to it just about every day on my way to work. Um, Thanks. Hey, Marlon, thank you so much for the question. And uh, yeah, this is awesome, actually. I'm actually excited to answer this. When I was listening to your question, I'm like, this is really, really something that I think maybe we'll even outline a little bit uh, in an upcoming show. But it is a whole nother discussion. But let's just kind of break it down for people that don't understand what you've done up to this point and then kind of how you could really benefit. I think you're in a great, great place uh, because you already have an affiliate website, a website that is getting traffic to products that you don't own, and you're making 7% commission from Amazon, uh, which those of you that don't know, you can make you know, 7%, 6, 7%, depending on how much you sell, um, through Amazon on any of their products through, you know, your own website, if you use your affiliate link, but it's really, really, again, let's think about that. If it's not a high ticket price, you're not going to make that much money, but I'm going to answer your question. But first off, let me just kind of give people a little bit of the short, I guess, summary of kind of what you've done. Now there's a software tool called Longtail pro and I personally have used it, I own it, and I was in the same area of, I guess, looking for uh, a niche site and and stuff. I've done that myself just as you've done, Um, and I've had some success with it, but not as much as I probably would have liked because, again, it's a lot of work figuring out what website is going to work. Um, So you're really slapping a lot of mud against the wall. And Spencer Hawes of Niche Pursuits, he has a podcast as well, um, which uh, depending on when this is airing, um, I may have already appeared on his show. He asked me to come on because he is actually in the process of, or actually he's in right now, um, into uh, Amazon doing FBA private label when he's always been an affiliate like yourself. So we know the same person, um, Spencer Hawes from Niche Pursuits, and uh, he is the creator of Longtail Pro. And what Longtail Pro really does is find keywords that have certain criteria, like, uh, and this is this is keywords inside of Google. So the whole idea is to find keywords in Google that you can rank for by just publishing content on your website or your blog, and then start getting some organic traffic from, um, you know, from Google. 
And then once you start to get really a lot of traffic coming to there, then you would put, you know, review products or you would have reviews of products on your website. And that's really how it was all done. And there's a whole bunch of stuff as far as like how to get your site to rank and and all of that stuff. And it's becoming more and more um, difficult unless you find some really low hanging fruit. And it's becoming harder. Um, and it's it's a lot of work. I mean, it is because you're you're creating a blog and uh, you're putting content out there. And again. Here's what we had talked about in you know past episodes and stuff is the fear of is it going to work? Am I going to do all this work for nothing? So you know anyway, um, I think that using Longtail Pro to see what kind of traffic you have or maybe even keyword ideas is good, but it's not really how I would decide my product. I mean, you can get ideas there. Don't get me wrong. And, uh, you know, that might be one thing you might want if you own Longtail Pro or if you wanted to purchase it, you might want to just do that to see what kind of keywords are out there that have um, a lot of traffic and that could potentially you could build a blog around. But it's kind of like in reverse. I would rather go after and find the products in Amazon that are selling. And then see what kind of outside um, keywords and stuff that I could build a blog around that could then also position my new product on Amazon, you know, um, on that blog. So I would kind of do it in reverse. Um, Now, and that's actually what uh, Spencer has said. I mean, he's actually now doing private labeling. He's validating the product. He's getting it to sell. And now... He's building a site around that product. So that's like his his way of doing it as well. He's kind of doing validating the product and then from there building a blog uh, around that with content that's going to help people find it through Google search. In your case, okay, you've already done that, right? You've already done that. You're already starting to get sales through that blog. So you're already getting organic traffic. So to me, it would be a no-brainer to say, okay, now I'm going to start releasing products to this potential audience because I already have the traffic. So why not, right? I mean, you could run a banner ad, um, you could you know, run content that's specifically for this, or you can just swap out your links with the links that you were using as an affiliate if you can private label them, and then uh, now all of a sudden, instead of getting 7%, you're gonna get 40, 50%, right? So I think you're in a great spot. I'm so glad that you asked this question because it's a question I don't think that would come up much because depending on people where they started from, like you started thinking about how you can make money online, you started going down the route of building like these little mini niche sites or um, maybe even an authority site as Spencer has taught for years now and it, it, it still is a good model. The problem with it is it's a lot of work and a lot of time in order to get it up and up to speed, and then you're also always kind of thinking about the Google, uh, you know, the Google slap, right? Because you're using certain techniques to get your site ranking, and then from there, if Google makes an adjustment, your rankings could be lost overnight. But I know Spencer now has moved into where everything that that he's doing is is being done more naturally and all that stuff. That's for a whole nother episode if we were to discuss that. But for you personally, I think that you're in a great spot. I think you're on the great you're on a great path as far as what you're doing. And I think it's great also that you found products that already are very low competition, but that you could sell and you already have traffic. So you're in a great spot. So I would just keep doing what you're doing. Um, it sounds really really good. So uh, yeah. So Thank you so much for the question and for anyone listening that does already have some you know some some traffic or whatever um, definitely start thinking about if you can position a product in front of that audience that you already have traffic from so uh, just definitely definitely do that all right so let's go ahead and listen to the next question and I'll give you my answer Hi Scott my name is Stephanie and first of all I'd like to say thanks for doing these podcasts 
I feel that I learn a little bit more about selling on Amazon FBA with each podcast that I listen to. I am currently in the process of doing my product research, and just when I think I may have a product that may work, what I'm finding is that these products have patents on them, even though there may be a number of FBA sellers selling the same exact products. I guess my question to you is for the products that you're currently selling, did you run into the same issues and did you have to modify or alter your products? And if you did modify or alter your products, did you apply for a patent on your product design so that no one else can make the same modifications? Thanks in advance. I appreciate it. Hey, Stephanie, thank you so much for the question. Thanks for the kind words as well. And I'm glad that you're uh, learning a little bit uh, with each episode. I appreciate that. Uh, Yeah, patents are tough. I mean, you know, when you're going into any business or when you're offering products, especially with the private labeling, there could be that area that you're just not sure. So number one, it sounds like you've already established that there is patents out there for these products. So me personally, I would stay clear away from them. Because you're just asking for problems down the line. And yes, there's probably private labelers going to do it and they'll wait until they get caught and then, you know, they'll just deal with what's going to happen. Now, I'm not quite sure what will happen. I mean, I know they'll be forced to stop, but I don't know if there's anything that can be done, uh, you know, where they would have to pay back any type of, you know, money for sales, any of that stuff. I have no idea. I'm not an attorney, um, not a legal advisor at all. So I I couldn't give you any recommendations on that other than stay clear from any of those. And if you have any doubts, any doubts at all, then I would contact an attorney, a patent attorney, and then just ask their advice. Well worth the the fee that they're going to charge you, whether it's a couple hundred bucks, um, well worth it. But I think there's enough products out there that won't violate a patent. Uh, and I think that, you know, you don't have to really worry about it if you go down the line of something that's more on the generic side that you can just create your own custom packaging and your own, you know, custom labeling and making it your own. Um, I don't think that I don't think that you're going to have an issue um, if you just go outside of whatever you're looking into, because it sounds like whatever you're looking at, it, it sounds like they're more, I guess, mainstream where you have more bigger companies uh, that have created these in the past. Um, so if you are unsure and you wanted to just do a quick search, maybe you've already done this, but people that haven't, you can always visit the um, the USPTO, United States Patent and Trademark Office website. Um, I'll leave a link in the show notes, but I'll just say it here quick. It's it's uh, www.uspto.gov forward slash patent. And from there, you can do a search. Now, again, these searches, you know, are they up to date? Are they, you know, are you putting in the wording right? Maybe you're going to miss something. To me, it's something you just kind of see on the broad level. Like if you put in garlic press, you might come through and see a bunch of people have one on a garlic press, but a certain handle, a certain style. And then from there, you can kind of see it. Now, the other way to know if someone has a patent is to just look at their packaging. A lot of times it'll either say patent or patent pending. And if any of that stuff is there, immediately I turn the other way. I would not even touch it because I don't want to get into an issue with that down the line. So I'm glad you brought this up. I've mentioned it before, but I think it's worth mentioning again and again and again because it is something that you want to be careful of. And if you're at all, you know, questioning it, then definitely uh, move away and 
just kind of look for other products. I think, especially in the beginning that you feel would be, you know, a little bit more basic or a little bit more plain in a sense to where you wouldn't be infringing on that. And I recently heard, um, I forget who it was from, but there was, I believe it was from Ryan Moran actually had said that, um, on their yoga towel, I believe it was that there was a patent thing and they had to, it was on the shape and they had to just change the shape. So it could be as simple as something like that. But again, I would probably, uh, if anything was in question, I would contact an attorney on that. So, I hope that's been helpful. Uh, I think the biggest advice here for you would be is, especially if you're just getting started, is to, you know, go go with something that you know uh, is not going to be infringing on a patent that you're just totally 100% sure and uh, and then move on from there. And if you ever wanted to patent something down the road, again, that's going to require a patent attorney and that's going to create a whole nother, um, you know, a bunch of hoops uh, to, to jump through. So just consider that. All right. So that's going to wrap up that question. Let's go ahead and listen to one more and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, Steve here from Indiana. I just want to say, I appreciate your podcast. Love it, man. It just motivates me every day. I work my machinist job, listen to you, get pumped up. I'm ready to do this. So I got some products coming and, uh, I saw on Amazon that there's one listed just like mine, uh, but it doesn't have any reviews. Uh, it doesn't seem to be selling because I don't think they're pushing it. It's way down on the list. I think it's an old listing. So uh, I'm wondering if they're going to have the same UPC code as me, and uh, I don't want to have to share, you know, compete for the buy box of something I want to be mine, and I don't have enough money to make it private labeled yet. So uh, you know, I was wondering. How would I go about making my own UPC code or getting one and put on there? Uh, and, you know, where can I buy one? Um, stuff like that. Can't seem to find much information about it that makes any sense. So I appreciate you. Hope to hear from you. Hey, hey, Steve. Whoa, that's some good energy right there, man. Nice job. Yeah, you're pretty pumped up. I like it. Uh, yeah, great question. And I'm going to give you my answer. Uh, it sounds like what you're doing is, uh, maybe the AliExpress, uh, method where you're going to just go ahead and get a, uh, generic, you know, product to private label. And then from there, almost like wholesale in a sense. Um, and then you're going to put the product up and you can do that. And it's worked for a lot of people. My only thing there would be is, you know, you mentioned the UPC code. You can still create your own UPC code, and you're going to actually make that as if it was a private label product. So a couple things I want to mention here that you had said. One is saying that you want to go ahead and launch this product. You see a listing that doesn't look so good, doesn't look like it's selling that good, that's the part that I was like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute here. So it's not selling that good, but you want to sell it because you think you can beat the listing. I want to make sure that you've done your research that you know that there's other sellers that are selling a similar product that are selling and that there's depth in the market. Now, recently I've been using Jungle Scout and it's been just a lifesaver because it shows you this at a glance, really quick glance. And if you have not listened to the episode with uh, Greg Mercer, that's episode 56, where he actually shows you and talks, well, he shows you in a video that's actually on that exact post as well, but he also explains exactly how to find the depth in the market. And that's huge because if you don't have depth in the market, it's going to be really hard to compete 
if there's not enough sales there, okay? So that episode is theamazingseller.com forward slash 56, and that's with Greg Mercer, who's also the uh, creator and founder of Jungle Scout, which is an awesome tool, by the way, and uh, it just it's, a, it's an easy way for you to see depth because I really want to make sure that anyone listening that's looking to research and do their product, um, in, in, you know, their first product especially, you need depth. And his just in a quick uh, summary of kind of what he had talked about, which I'm a big believer in, it's something on the numbers I look at now, is if you take your top 10 listings or even top eight, and if you look at the units sold per month, you want to at least have 3,000 sales amongst those 10. So whether there's 1,000 on one and 500 on another and maybe 700 on another and 300 on another, if they tally up to 3,000, then to, to me and to Greg, that's enough volume or enough demand that you can come in and, and grab some of that demand. Now, if the top two have 3,000, combined and then the rest of them only have like 50 and 25 and 10 to me there's not enough demand there because the top three are taking all of the share of the market so you want to make sure that you're deep enough within that market all right so that's the first thing that i heard when you were asking your question or mentioning what you were doing and i would i'd want to address that i'd want to say listen make sure that there's enough depth now the second part of this is you know can you get a upc code and the answer is yes you can and uh they're very inexpensive if you just google cheap upc codes you'll find them um i'll leave a link inside of this particular uh show notes episode um or of this episode but um yeah just if you google uh cheap uh, UPC codes, you'll find a bunch there. And all it is, is it's a digital file that you're going to give to, uh, either your supplier or you can have them printed yourself and then you're going to, you're going to put it on. But the UPC code is only really to get your listing inside of Amazon. You don't even really need to put it on the packaging because then they're going to use their own unique code, which is the FNSQ code without getting too technical. I always advise people put the UPC code on because that's kind of like retail ready and then have Amazon put the label on for their FNSQ number. Um, But you could do it either way. But you can definitely get your own UPC code. That does not prevent someone from jumping on your listing necessarily if you are not branding the product. So what I would do is I would do it in the beginning without branding the product maybe. But then as soon as you can, I I would then make sure that I could label the product with my branding. And so you would really act as if you already had the logo and everything created. I would come up with my name, my brand name, and then create the listing with that brand name, even though it doesn't say it on your particular item. Now, another thing you can do, depending on the product that you're selling, the other thing that you can do is it'll probably come unmarked, and it'll come probably in a in a plastic bag of some kind or shrink-wrapped. You could always print, have something printed, even at Vistaprint, a really nice color graphic that could be your brand, and then you could just label them on top of the actual um, item. And then you can have that in the picture. So as that's in the picture, that's going to then say that that is your brand product, that you created it or your brand created it, and then that will be a way to brand the product without you really actually, air quoting it here, branding the product. So if that makes sense. So that's what I would, I would potentially do, but I would really go, want to go back and say, is there enough demand in this market before you go ahead and jump in and test this out? And again, if you're doing it through AliExpress, you could just test it with 15, 20, 30 units if you wanted to, and then you can validate it yourself. Because you know we always talk about validating and seeing the demand because it makes it foolproof almost in a sense, but 
no one really says that maybe if you put something up and you might just find something that people want, that's a possibility. But I wouldn't go down that path, especially in the beginning, because it's your chances are a lot less. So if that makes sense. So once again, thank you so much for the question. Thanks for the energy, man. That was uh, that was hyped up. I think people got really pumped up just listening to your uh, your tone. Um, isn't it something how just our tone alone? Like that's what I love about this podcast. Like you guys hear the and the different tones and the different excitement and how I talk. And if you could see me, I'm talking with my hands a lot too. I mean, I should probably do a video, just a snippet of showing me. Like right now, I'm like using my hands and I'm like pounding. I'm like, like I'm smacking my hand against the, like, like, like make sure that there's enough demand, you know? <laughs> so um, anyway, I don't know how I got on that. But yeah, I love, I love the the excitement and the, and I can just tell that, you know what? You're, you're, you're ready, right? You're, you're ready to jump in. So that's half the battle. So good luck to you. Keep me posted. Hope this has helped you. Let's go ahead and listen to another question and I will give you my answer. Hello, Scott. My name is Patrick. I just wanted to call in real quick and say, first of all, I appreciate as do many of us out here, your continued endeavors and your continued work in uh, educating us and kind of bringing us along with your way of thinking. Uh, just so you know, there's a lot of us out here who, uh, we think and feel the same way, and and we answer our why questions just as you do. Um, the freedom and the time with family that this endeavor uh, as an Amazon seller allows us is why a lot of us are here. So thank you very much for your work and supporting that. Uh, my quick question uh, involves the launching of multiple products at one time. Um, we've done a couple of little mini launches on some products and have had fairly good luck in the short run. However, our inventory ran out, which I know is a common problem uh, if you launch with too few products sent into FBA. Um, so my question is, we, we've, we've done the research, we've found and followed your steps, and been using some of the tools you brought on, such as Jungle Scout, and that's really, really catapulted our ability to, to find some winners uh, as far as we're concerned. <laughs> our next question is, how risky is it to launch two or maybe even three products at this at the same time um, with a little bit of capital backing, um, but not a whole lot? Um, we we just feel like we're going to miss out on a couple of the couple of the opportunities that that a couple of these products may bring us if we act quickly. So that's my question. Uh, thanks again for all your help, Scott, and we will continue to tune in and take action. Thank you. Hey, Patrick, thank you so much for the question and the kind words. And yeah, it's all about freedom. That's uh, what it is for a lot of us, uh, I think, that are listeners of the show, supporters of each other, you know, the, the Facebook group, all of that is really geared to hopefully surround each other with like-minded people, which share the same end in, end in mind. Uh, so I really do appreciate you highlighting that because, again, that is my why and sounds like it's yours. And I know it's a lot of other people's. It's the freedom that, you know, the money is one thing, but it's the it's the what does the money afford you to do? And it's the freedom to do what you want to do. It's really that simple. It's not about to, for me anyway. It's not about the shiny, you know, the big cars and or the shiny cars and all the shiny objects. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you so much for highlighting that, though, for people listening. And I know that I'm sure a lot of a lot of the listeners are are shaking their head. So uh, appreciate that. Yeah. You know, there's a couple of different, I guess, a couple of different things that I would say to that. And again, it's personal preference. It really is. And it's a capital thing, right? How much do you have? Are you going to be able to scale it? 
And from the sounds of it, it sounds like you're on that borderline to where you could possibly do it and handle it, but then it might also be holding you back because if you're launching products but you can't fulfill the inventory as readily as you want to or you need to, then you're going to always be playing catch up to get your inventory back, get yourself in position, kind of promoting them again and all that stuff. Um, so my, you know, my way of thinking is, you know, I want to at most would be, you know, and, and it depends, you know, if you have a product that has three or four different variations, it's kind of like four or five products because each one has its own skew, but it's still kind of you're, you're focusing on that one listing that I think is okay. Uh, because again, you're not going to run out of stock if you run out of just one size, let's say, or one color. But if you're doing separate SKUs as far as listings go and, and different products all together, I believe it is going to be a challenge because if you don't have the money to keep the inventory in, like I said, you're always going to be playing catch up. And, you know, to some people, it's about rolling out as many as they can. Now, I know Greg Mercer, who you've mentioned with Jungle Scout, which I, I know I'm a big fan as well. I know you said it's really kind of just catapulted your 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 ideas and, and what you think that you could uh, potentially private label because it just makes things a lot quicker. Uh, for those of you that have not caught that episode, uh, you'll probably want to check that out. That's episode 56. You can find that at theamazingseller.com forward slash 56. And there's actually a video there as well with Greg walking through the process that he outlines on the show that we talked, but, uh, and he kind of gives his criteria, but you know, he's in a little bit of a different situation. You know, he comes from wholesaling and when you're coming from wholesaling, you know, you're able to get products a lot quicker, but you're also able to test a lot of things quicker and all that stuff still takes money, but it's a little bit easier in a sense of product. Um, you know, but he is definitely in his head, he's trying to go after like five to 10 products a month, but it's a little bit different too, because depending on the, com the competition of your market, what Greg's doing is when he does that, he's looking at products that he can literally create the listing, put it up there drive a little bit of pay-per-click, maybe get a few reviews, and then set and forget. That's like his, his mindset, okay? And it's a good mindset. But then there's some of us that want to only focus on like a handful of products and really give them a, a ton of attention and really just kind of maximize those so they work really well with each other. I mean, for an example, if you have like five products and they're all really close related to each other, and you know that if you get someone into one, that they can they could potentially see your other four products, and then you can take that one customer and make them, you know, a twenty dollar buyer into a hundred dollar buyer. You know, to me, that's that's pretty powerful because it's easier to convert that one customer than it is to you know find five new customers. So there's just a different mindset. But I guess I would ask you, I would say, you know. Are you looking at, you know, again, doing that model where you're you're just going to, you know, throw a bunch of products up and see which ones stick without really a lot of work? Or are you going to be putting in the work that it takes to promote it, you know, with, with getting, you know, your initial reviews, you know, doing some promotions, then from there running some pay-per-click, then really focusing on the pay-per-click and, and drilling down and, and doing more research to find loose keywords and stuff? I mean, what you know, what part of that are you going to be doing? And anyone else listening, what it, you got to ask yourself that. Do you want to just go and get, you know, like 30 SKUs and, and maybe hope that you can sell three or four a day? 
you know, and then you can get to your number? Or are you looking to try to find five products that you know that are really tightly uh, fit together and your one customer could become a, a bigger customer by these other products? So I know that wasn't a direct answer for you, but maybe it's kind of like brought some awareness to what you really do want. And I think if you think about it like that, and I understand there's opportunity, like, you know, there's opportunity all around us. I mean, being an entrepreneur, it makes it really hard because there's so much opportunity. And especially now you get a tool like Jungle Scout and you start seeing like there's all this low hanging fruit that you feel like you could just put up there and sell without doing a whole heck of a lot. And it's tempting, but the same thing, it might also hurt. Uh, you know, in the long run, because then you have all of these products that, yes, they're doing a few sales a day, but they could be doing more sales per day. If you just give them a little bit more attention, you could dominate that market. So I know that wasn't a direct helpful answer as far as like saying exactly what I would do, um, but I would ask myself those questions. And, uh, you know, me personally right now, I'm not looking to get a lineup of 30 SKUs right now. That's not my, my that's not my goal. That may change. But right now, it's not. You know, like me personally, I'd be happy right now with having 10 SKUs that are doing my 10 by 10 by 1 strategy. Like I'd be I'd be cool with that because um, I know that by doing that, I'm probably going to do a lot more than the 10 by 10 by 1 because a lot of these products are going to help push the other product. So uh, anyway, that's my long-winded answer. But hey, thank you so much for the question and everyone that submitted questions uh, for this episode. Thank you so much. You know, I, I normally answer between four and six questions because I went a little bit longer. I like to keep these at around 30 to 35 minutes long. I know we're approaching that. So I'm going to cut it off there today. I did elaborate on a lot of these a little bit more um, just because I felt I needed to. And, uh, you know, a lot of these were different questions today. So I really want to encourage you to uh, to ask your question, submit your question if you haven't done so already. And you can do that at theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. And uh, again, it's, it's like me sitting down at the table with you and we're just kind of, you know, we're just kind of chatting about business. Uh, so I uh, just, uh, I, I encourage you to do that. I really, really do enjoy doing this. And hey, anyone that has uh, listened to us on iTunes or found us on iTunes, if you could do me a small favor and uh, head over there and leave me an iTunes review or feedback, that would be amazing. And also, I did want to mention if you're brand new or even if you're not new and you haven't attended one of our live free workshops, you can head over and sign up to the next one, the upcoming one, and you can find that at theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. And this is where I break down the five phases that I use and used in the beginning for uh, for launching my first product. And I break it down into five different phases and then I answer some live Q&A at the end. So uh, yeah, come on over and hang out with, uh, with us at one of those free uh, live workshops. And again, all the details are on that page. So that's pretty much going to wrap it up. I just want to again say have an amazing day. You guys all know that I'm here for you. I'm rooting for you. I believe in you. I know that you can make this happen, but you have to, you have to take action. All right, get out there, make something happen, and you will get results. Take care, everyone. Talk to you later.